0: you know, for, like, All-Star Games and All-Star Week and all that, they have, you know, hey, here's this event. You have to do the skating and the shoot the puck and the fastest slap shot or whatever it is. Yeah, there, there should be, like, fun competitions for Prospect Camp, which, like, like, bar fights should not be one of them. But you should do, like, sock boppers at Center Ice or something. You know, you know what I mean?
1: Sock-em-boppers. Jesus.
0: Blow them
2: up. There is one thing
1: that I – The time of your life. Sack on <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast. It's Brad, it's Brandon, and it's Dave. Um, I'm, on the, uh, I'm on the beginnings or the, the, the last couple of days before a big trip. Uh, and, and gentlemen, I, I need to know, are you more of a, like, pa- I, are you packed and ready to go a week before a big vacation? Or are you packing and getting ready to go within the last, oh, say, 36 hours of the trip or so?
1: Oh, 36 hours Yeah. because you can probably cut that down to three hours <laughs> like, so your flights in three hours and Dave's just packing a bag I mean how much how much stuff do you need how long <laughs> does I mean you, you throw your clothes in a suitcase and then like your toiletries whatever in the other bag uh-huh like how much time do you need to pack but- I need like a half an hour a half an hour per week that I am gone that's how much time I need to pack
0: are you already walking into the packing process knowing what you're going to bring or is that you just roll up and be like, yep, I'm going to be gone for a week. i oh, let's bring this
1: and not like, this. like when I, when you, that half hour process starts, pull out the phone, pull out the weather channel app, see what the weather's <laughs> going to be like, like, you know, in your head, if you got to bring like, uh, like, you gotta bring something, some, uh, like if you're going fishing, or you got to bring uh like stuff to go swimming in, like you know you ha- you ha- you know what you're bringing ahead of time because you planned for it, or at least I've thought about it, or you like, should yeah, have. yeah, you go. mentally you mentally plan the week before, and then and then a half an hour before it's time to go, I'll get my suitcase out, yeah, <laughs> throw it all in the suitcase. Brandon, do you have a take on this? I
2: do it the night before.
0: Okay, that like
2: I'll I'll think about it like better. in the morning, like that the morning before. Like, okay, I'll sit down for, like Dave said, a half hour and just be like, okay, this is what I have to pack. All right, good to go. And then you can just wake up and go on your merry way
0: except we have day jobs so you have to like wake up go to your job and then come
1: i guess back. i guess that's the wrinkle of like if, if i'm gonna if i gotta work the day i'm leaving then maybe i'll pack the night before but then you it'll just, be a half an hour but i'm just saying
2: going. like it puts your puts your mind at ease for the whole day
1: right yeah no i got you because that's <laughs>
2: the
0: that's the dilemma i currently have gonna be that's going- why you go on your vacation to set your mind at ease <laughs> and you have been put your liver hard at work um yeah yes Shout out to the good people of South Carolina. That's where I'm g- going to be for a week. Shout out to Grandma Rep. She's going to be 80 years young. So we're, uh, we're going to celebrate with uh, copious amounts of rum drinks on, uh, on a beach in, uh, in South Carolina. So oh, It
1: wasn't, wasn't going to be hot and miserable enough here for you, so you decided to go even to a w- more uh, oh. unbearable climate. No, no,
0: no, 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 We're going to the big lake, my friend, not just like Lake Michigan, not just Lake Michigan, my friend. We're talking the big lake effect. That's right. The Atlantic we're looking at, I I think the high is supposed to be 86 degrees on some days. It's actually, I think actually now that I look at the weather app, the high is 83 all week and the low is 71 with a chance of rain in sprinkled in here and there, but that's just kind of traditional seaside weather. We're happy for you. Hey, man, it's uh, trying to get away from hot and muggy and and get to hot and copious amounts of uh, of places to swim. Also, the the seaside. Shout out to the uh, to, to Big Randy, uh, the big fella. The the sea has medicinal benefits. You know, like you know how in in olden time back in the you know 1500s or whatever it was, the old uh, the old pagan doctors they used to send people to the sea for uh, you know medicinal purposes. It helped them get better. I think that's you know. Y- y'all should wander seaside at least once in uh, in a year to try to to do that. Maybe that's our second city hockey uh, staff vacation. We'll do the uh, the Florida swing and go hang golf side one time, and then hey, you there. buy you buy, I'll fly. Let's do it. Shout out to John Serrano and SB Nation Podcast Network for sponsoring that trip.
1: Um, we have record number of shout outs in this podcast
0: already. But, but oh, and but nobody's and allowed to... We haven't even talked about yet. hockey. <laughs> yeah, nobody's allowed to leave yet because Stan Bowman is still making moves. Finally, Artem Anisimov is out of here. He gone. Traded to the Ottawa Senators for one Zachary Smith. Uh, I believe it's about a million dollars worth of cap space either way towards the uh, towards the Blackhawks' favor, which is great because now we've got money to sign Perlini. Um We'll start with Brandon Kane. What are your thoughts on uh, on the acquisition of one Zachary Smith for Artem Anisimov? One
2: point uh, three million in salary cap space for a player who's not as good offensively as Anisimov, but plays a more physical game. So the Blackhawks are going to be tougher to play against, which is something that Jeremy Colleton had pointed out. Um, in April or may that he noticed the team had against opposition hmm. and yeah, it's a, you know, sizable cap hit, but you free up space and you're able to either re-sign Perlini or let him walk. And then you have some wiggle room to deal with in season to, you know, do a trade if things aren't working out right um, for, you know, whatever player that would be Um, or if it's a player that you just want to bring in and feel that they'll contribute better um, and work better with, you know, certain line mates. So I don't know. I just see that he would be in a bottom six role and um, he's good on faceoffs, I guess, but that's also against like inferior competition sort of deal, so bottom six guy, defensive role, can play on the penalty kill, and I know people will probably point to Nisimov's play on the power play, but uh, he was on the second unit, and as Stan Bowman said, they uh, didn't do anything, so And they, they
1: never played
2: So that's that's <laughs> kind of a wash
1: Play for 150, and then the second line would get two, 10 seconds on the power play
2: Yeah, so um. Yeah, I, I see it as a as a win now for the Hawks, and just see what they do with this uh, cap space, or mm-hmm. if they don't do anything. So that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, and but as you were talking about too, actually before the show, you had mentioned that this kind of all but locks up the uh, the left wing situation for the Hawks, at least in a uh, in a starting in a starting twelve capacity.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have. Uh, could you? Uh, to bring it, Sod, Smith, and the fourth line is just going to be a rotating cast. So you could have Smith, Carpenter, um, maybe Kubelik plays there, or he'll play on the third line, and maybe Kajula comes down to the fourth line. Like what they've done is they've brought in, you know, all these players that can play center and wing. Um, and that versatility is good because you can size up on matchups. So um, maybe you have, you know, Smith's uh, a lefty and Carpenter's a righty. So that gives you some versatility um, on matchups, on face-offs, because that's how they want to drive their possession game mm-hmm. is to get the puck first. And um, that also goes back to what you mentioned last week with, you know, wingers winning their puck battles after, a center wins a draw. So, um, yeah, it's having be- someone with size like Smith that you would hope that that would be a beneficial aspect as well.
0: Yeah. It seems to be a very, um, reasonably smart acquisition or a very, um, I had a Calculated. better word. Yeah, exactly. um, which, uh, which, hey, again for a Bowman move, the fact that it's not super monumental and takes care of what was not a great contract with the Nizhny contract seems to be a win. Dave, any thoughts uh, on this uh, on this move? Uh,
1: it's 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 another move I, I would rate it as just fine. I mean, it, it frees up a million of cap space, which, like you said, might help them uh, resign Brand, uh, Brandon Perlini, which is good because uh, I think Perlini still would like to see what else is there. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's expecting anything elaborate from Zach Smith. Uh, I guess the one nice thing is it's another guy who's better at faceoffs because it feels like for the last decade we've been saying that other than Jonathan Taves, the Blackhawks can't win faceoffs. So perhaps that will be another part of the game that helps. Maybe you put the top faceoff line now will be Taves and Smith, and then you have if Taves gets tossed from the jaws, Smith can come in and win the draw as well because it seemed like in the past if Taves got thrown out of the faceoff dot. Nobody was going to win it. Mm. And it also, I, I enjoy that he – or I like that Smith was a penalty kill guy because the Blackhawks still need more defensive – 4-2 can also play defense at the same time. It seemed like it was uh, Taves uh, side comp and Anisimov were pretty much the only guys who could do it. And if you get rid of Anisimov, at least they got someone with a similar skill set in his replacement because – uh, we we harp on how bad the Blackhawks' blue liners have been, but the fort's going to help out with that defense too. And I was looking earlier today at was uh, looking at uh, Zach Smith's penalty kill numbers in terms of his um, shots against per 60 minutes, goals against per 60 minutes, kind of the rates of uh, chances, goals, and shots against while he was on the ice. And they were pretty similar to Anisimov's numbers. And Anisimov was one of the better penalty killers by those metrics. Uh, last season, so adding that part of the game or bringing that part of the game to the team will be good. I think Smith will fit in the lineup nicely in the bottom six, like you said. But uh, I'm not expecting much of anything from him. It just, I, I have a little bit of hope that the penalty kill won't be historically terrible next season because it seems like the Fords might be better, uh, better suited for that responsibility next season. I guess we'll see. Mm. I mean, I don't think they can be historically terrible again. We hope, but, but yeah, there you go. It's, it's, it's fine. I don't think it's uh, the make or break that's going to win them a Stanley cup or not. Yeah. Even
0: just changing a few faces around too. And uh, I think one kind of underrated part about the Zach Smith acquisition is the fact that he's actually the same age as Jonathan Taze is. So you're looking at, you know, another, I'm I'm going to call it a veteran presence, at least, on a forward line that's relatively young, all things considered. I know the average age is, I think, 26 and a half, but, you know, that's if you consider that only three of those guys are in their 30s. Everyone else, with the exception of, I think, Shaw and Carpenter, are uh, 26 and younger. So, um I don't think that's a bad move at all. Again, bringing in just a little bit of experience again, regardless of where it came from. I know it's Ottawa, which is less than ideal, but eh, whatever. I don't think and, this hurts.
1: And And that's the other part is, is I know it's, it's a lot of his numbers don't look pretty, especially his offensive numbers. Some of his possession numbers and even strength aren't very good either, but, Man, Ottawa was so bad last year. <laughs> it's really, it's really <laughs> tough to like. It was bad, you know. It's it's it was. It's like the Dylan Strome thing. Like he was when he when he got acquired. A lot of his numbers looked bad, but it was also factoring in that he was playing in a for a rebuilding Arizona Coyotes team. So it's hard to like. I don't know how much you can weigh those numbers because just the like Zach Smith isn't the type of guy that's going to turn around your franchise. And so if you're counting on him to carry a line like they might have been doing in Ottawa, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you saw what happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Brandon, I'll actually divert over to you. Um, We were talking again, pre-show about where we're thinking Zach Smith is going to plug into this lineup. Um, And according to, uh, to, to some of the, um, was it the, the NHL or charting hockey um, at charting hockey on Twitter, um, they've got a neat Sean little Sean
1: Tierney. G- great work.
0: Yeah, big ups to him. Um, shout out. Um, we <laughs> we plugged him in. Uh, we plugged him into the lineup. Uh, I saw that you had put him. You put Zach Smith in at the fourth line with Ryan Carpenter, um, and Dylan Sakura. Ugh. Um, <laughs> which, which oddly enough, with the roster that was previously assembled, it was it jumped up to what the prediction now is ninety four points.
2: Uh, it was ninety eight.
0: There you go. That's uh, that's, that's a playoff team. That's absolutely a playoff team, and not a wild card
1: playoff team either. That, yeah, yeah, that could that could get you third <clears throat> in the division. Probably not second because I think the uh, the central is going to be loaded again at the top. But that that should get you into into the playoffs.
0: But I guess the bigger question is: Do we think he's automatically plug and play into that fourth line spot, or? Maybe is there some room for either competition or, again, between the center position between him, Carpenter? Um, obviously, David Kampf is still an option there. Um, where do we think Zach Smith kind of fits into this lineup and you know what he can do moving forward?
2: Well, he said today that he feels more confident uh, where his game is at now to play at wing, but he also can play center, so um, they could do either one of those. Um, And I think it's just because he's not like someone who's going to have that great vision to set up teammates. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that. So that's a good thing. So he's like, you know, I've, I've done the center thing. I've played more at wing this past season. And obviously new assistant Mark Crawford knows that having been an assistant with Ottawa for the past three seasons and, Mm. interim coach for a little spill there in March. So um, mm. hopefully that can also be something that, you know, Crawford and Collison can put their heads together on and say, ah, maybe situationally Smith can play at center, um, mm. but more, more so on the wing. And yeah, it's just the revolving door thing that I touched on earlier where it's like, well, you have options. So use it to your advantage.
1: Yeah, so. I, I do think that, Smith's uh propensity to or just he because he plays the penalty kill that'll probably give him a leg up over some of the other guys that aren't as good of two-way players as Smith is I think he's gonna get he'll probably be in the starting lineup the first night for the season opener just because of that PK that he's supposed to bring just like I think Carpenter will be there too because they're supposed to be good penalty killers and then over the course of the season if they don't if they're not contributing in that regard, that's when you might start to see some of the younger guys get a look in their places.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of kind of plugging players in uh, into the lineup for next year, at least a name that we were kind of assuming was not going to be on that list or, you know, one that we weren't going to consider for that list was defenseman Ian Mitchell, um, which kind of jumping across here to, uh, to prospect camp week news um, Ian Mitchell announcing that he is uh, holding firm on his commitment to uh, returning to Denver university this season. So um, given that, and again, kind of looking at this um, at this charting hockey lineup again. I think uh, it's safe to assume that at least the top six that we've got currently is uh, is Keith Gustafson, uh, Dahan Murphy, Mata Seabrook. Obviously, need to find um, you know need to potentially find room in there for a you know either a Slater Cuckoo or a Carl Dahlstrom. Um, it, Lots of options there again, with uh, Dehan not starting the season as well, but I mean ultimately again if if the projection here is hey this team 's got a, a legitimate chance at ninety eight points this season i I think this all but completes any moves that uh, um, that stan Bowman 's going to make. Do you guys expect anything else from this point on
1: i don't what, i don 't think they have any pieces left to they don't have any chips left to use unless they do something really dramatic and trade away some prospects or some, some bigger – Brent piece. Seabrook. <coughs> yeah, well, I mean, <coughs> do you want to trade Ian Mitchell with Brent Seabrook? Because that's the only way you're going to unload that contract. Or Bowden or Jake Wise or some other prospect in the system. God, I don't think they're going to trade Boquist to do that. But like you get, you get the point. Like, I, I don't think they have any – bargaining pieces left to mm. use. So uh, yeah, I would expect them to be done.
0: And I don't think there's anything to trade at this or, or any reason for them to try to move anybody in. You know, it just kind of seems like this is what was it now? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago when, uh, when Bowman and, and McDonough were talking about, you know, Hey, this isn't the final roster that we want to put together. Uh, you know, definitely some bigger moves are going to come. And then I think that's ultimately where the Robin Laner uh, acquisition happened. Um, but again, Finally, moving a off that this was ultimately like the last thing on the checklist, right, Brandon? Or is do you think there's maybe one more little piece of housekeeping that needs to to happen before the season?
2: It seems like this is the last one, um, unless they do like a weird thing where they just like swap prospects with someone, mm-hmm. where it's just like, "Hey, take Evan Barrett and give us someone back," <laughs> which which would be like incredibly weird and dumb. So I don't think they'll do it. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like that. Cause there's like, there's so many forwards where it's like, you're just, they would be trading from a place of strength to not like a sizable, like <clears throat> this is good depth, but there's like all these fringe guys where you don't know if they're going to go in the NHL or AHL. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, we've made our NHL team better, and if these guys don't crack the NHL lineup, well, guess what? Ice hogs are going to be pretty damn good, probably.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's going to be a fun year in Rockford, especially, again, if you're looking at guys like John Quenville, Alexi Sorella. I'm still thinking Dylan Sakur is there, although, again, we've got him currently plugged into the um, that forecasting chart um, for chart and hockey. And... Honestly, yeah, no, it's going to be a fun season too. Again, Kurashev could be, uh, could be a big piece in that, uh, in that Rockford lineup as well, which, uh, by the way, you can check it out. Secondcityhockey.com. We've got the full Rockford Ice Hogs schedule release as well. Um, and a great place in the perfect segue here, the great place to, uh, to see some of your future Rockford Ice Hogs players this season is at prospect camp, which is currently happening right now. And, uh, aside from a few tiny little things that I know I'm looking for specifically, we haven't been to camp yet. I know the plan is right now for us to be in-house on Friday, um, for the, uh, for the scrimmage, which is, which is why, uh, well, I'll be there in one way, shape or form. Um, but, uh, aside from little things here and there guys are, is there any other storyline other than, you know, Mitchell announcing that, Hey, I'm going to go back to Denver for sure. Um, is there really anything else we need to know about or anything we need to keep our
1: eyes on? I mean, I I just, if if I can get there Friday, I hope that Kirby doc looks like a number one or a number three overall pick. And that uh, Alex Nylander looks like a guy who doesn't belong at a prospect camp because he's that much better than everyone else. I think, I think those are the main two you're looking for the guys who are supposed to be head and shoulders above the rest to Mm -hmm. be that. And I think you put put Boquist in that in ca- category as well. Yep, because I mean, they're these are top ten picks. These guys are supposed to be good, so you know, let's see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Brandon, anything in particular you're uh, you're going to be watching closely on Friday?
1: Uh, I would
2: say gap control from those three guys: uh, Boquist, Mitchell, and Bodan. Mm -hmm. Um, with the, I think it was like nine, eight or nine games that Chris played, Mm -hmm. he looked a little overwhelmed in the AHL. Um, but it seemed like, and Brad can attest to this, like every single time he got to the bench, it seemed like Lucas Carlson or Andrew Campbell were like in his ear, like giving him, you know, some, some sort of like coaching, you know, Mm -hmm. some advice of, of Never. things and um, he seemed really receptive to it so and he, this is his third year I think at prospect camp so um,
0: best smile on the team by far oh I, yeah I, and I, that's, that's like is the happiest <laughs> freaking I thought the brain kits was gold and then I saw Chad Chris and it's yeah not <laughs> and the, the
2: thing with that is like a guy like Chad Chris who's very energetic and you know happy-go-lucky is someone who's good for Boquist who kind of wasn't as confident as he appears to be this season. Mm. Um, so having like those personalities rough off on each other, um, which it seems like Boquist is going to Rockford, um, this season. So, um, that, and then also to see the defensive play from, um, the two cousins, the Brandon Heigel and, uh, or Heigel and, uh, Reese Johnson. Um, just to see, you know, the offensive skill set is definitely there. And in that, uh, in the Ice Hog season finale, I think Brandon Hagel definitely had his best game that I've seen mm-hmm. in, in a long time yep. from him. So um, to see that keep going <clears throat> would be nice. And then, yeah, what Dave said with Doc and Nylander, you want to see them be the cream of the crop.
0: Absolutely. And on the topic of forwards, that is absolutely what I'm going to be watching um, for on Friday is, is just how fast um, this line of forwards are. Cause currently under contract, I know there's 18 non-roster forward players. If you're going to include Alex Nylander in that bunch. Um, but Again, I'm with Dave. There, it's that that dude better be skating circles around everybody because you you essentially gave up a lot to pick that player up. And again, for who we think is going to be joining the starting twelve, um, that's absolutely a player that uh, you know that should be making a big impact, um, especially in a scrimmage. Um, very curious to see Entwistle, uh in person as well. Um, I know there's been uh, you know, there's been some great coverage on him over at secondcityhockey.com. Ding. Um, and, uh, and again, you plug in Kirby doc. I know there's been a couple of clips of him, uh, putting some sweet moves on some goaltenders, but eh, whatever, those are drills. I want to see him in, in game action to see how he compares with other players. Um, and a player that I really want to see, uh, that was acquired from Muskegon. I think Brandon, you can quote me on that. Um, is, uh, uh, uh the forward as well. <laughs> I want to see how he, uh, how he looks in comparison to some of these other prospects at forward. I know he was highly touted, um, in, uh, uh, in the USHL, uh, ranks. And again, I haven't, I didn't get a chance to see him against the steel when they were in town during the playoffs. But, um, I do know that, uh, that he's a player that a lot of people are keeping their eyes on. So I think he's going to be a really interesting piece to watch, um, along with some of these other young forwards that, uh, that I know the, the Hawks are looking to plug in here. So, um, and, again, we will be there Friday morning for the scrimmage, uh, and we will be recording a, uh, an immediate post-game, post-scrimmage reaction. Um, again, just to kind of talk about what we saw, what we think, um, You know, if, the, uh, if some of these players are plug-and-play ready, uh, things of that nature. But uh, a little bit shorter episode for everybody here. Um, Dave, any, uh, any final thoughts? No. Cool. <laughs> Brandon?
2: Uh, Hacker running was a fifth-round pick in twenty eighteen. There it and is. They played for Muskegon. So just a little was, correction on that. But it is Muskegon. You're, you're, you're right there. You were right there.
0: Close enough. Close enough. Um ah. it, uh, again and I'm still thinking about Myrtle Beach. I guess what's your uh, what's your beach beverage of choice? We'll we'll end on a fun one, Brandon. If you had to pick one boat drink.
2: If it's free I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That his is favorite, correct.
0: His favorite type of drink is free, ladies and gentlemen.
2: <laughs> I'm a man of the people.
0: <laughs> you are a legend. Oh man, I'm a Corona guy by trade. Although Land Shark is pretty good
1: by trade. By what? Tr- what, tr- what trade? <laughs> what jinx, trade is it that requires all of you?
0: On, oh man, jinx all of you for that. No, be uh, the Corona Land Shark though as well. I guess that's uh. Uh, a very a very right. common practice for yours truly, mostly because shout out to Bennie's, they uh, usually have that on sale too. The, I
1: don't know. Hey, big wave from the Kona Brewery. That that's the one Ooh. you got to get when you're on the beach.
0: Good call. Good call. Big ups on the longboard. All right, it's uh, it's beer thirty. Um, actually, it's not because y'all are probably listening to this on a Wednesday morning when this is launching. So hey, uh, drink responsibly tonight. Uh, I don't. Is there, is there any good sports on? For Wednesday night, do we know anybody? I know there's not a high. Mean, oh, there's
2: if you want, If you want, you Here can go, go out to Bridgeview and watch the Fire play an absolute garbage Columbus Crew team who's lost six straight games across all competition, but that also means that the Fire are probably going to get waxed because that's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to like really climb that up and then just like
0: slam it. I was going to say, you're just taken off from last podcast as well. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you know what? Actually now that I'm thinking about it, cause I just looked at the, I was looking at the, um, the, the, the camp attendees. I want to, I want to look at Alexis Gravel as well. I, I need to see at least. The dude s- is a giant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need to see some progress from that dude. Cause we've seen him now at at least the last two camps and like homeboy better be like. Like, oh he, was a tw-
2: he was a six-round pick in 2018, so this is his second camp.
0: He's like, Jimmy, Jimmy looked like he was in his ear. Jimmy DeWaite looked like he was in his ear all of camp last year. And I'm really curious to see if he makes any major strides because there seems to be a very big investment in that dude and not a lot showing for it. But eh, we'll take a look um, at that as well on Friday. Again, post-game pod coming Friday. Um, shout out SecondCityHockey.com at SecondCityHockey on Twitter. That's Dave Melton. That's Brandon Kane. I'm Brad Replinger. We're going to keep this extra short and sneak it in under the half an hour mark. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday, and we will talk to you after the scrimmage on Friday
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com